really the answer is to like reframe how we approach first dates. And this is something I feel really strongly about that a first date, you want to, you should go into a first date saying, I hope I learned something tonight. And maybe mm. you learn, you know, you find a new outfit that you feel super comfortable in. You didn't have to try on 25 outfits and ruin your entire closet mm. and bedroom. And you found the one first date outfit that you feel great in that you can wear every time. Great. That's, that's a win. That is your dating win right there. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to the episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. And happy Monday and welcome back for another episode. Thank you for listening. We know there's like a bajillion, gazillion, majillion podcasts you could be listening to. <laughs> and you chose to listen to these two long distance best friends, Gab and Chat, for 10,000 hours. And we appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening to our therapy sessions yes. and our weekly catch ups because this is the only time Hannah and I ever FaceTime each other nowadays. And this is, this is what gets us through our weeks. <laughs> Looking forward to chatting with you gals. So I will say we have been pretty spot on like with the zeitgeist and our episodes lately because coincidentally the same week Kelsey Ballerini dropped her like divorce EP rolling up the welcome mat is the same week we released our divorce episode with Aaron Levine from Hello Divorce. So not saying we're like we're just in connected. it. Like, we're connecting with all of these people. Basically, me, we and Kelsey Ballerini share, we share a mind together. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. what, that's what yeah, I'm Yeah, because we were like, haha, this is going to go up like the week of Valentine's Day. Ha ha ha. And then Kelsey was like, no, Valentine's Day. Boom. Like, let me just <laughs> drop this cloud real quick. And yeah. like having all of these like married in relationship people like living out their divorce they never had. Like, this EP is awesome. Is it... Are you living through a divorce that you haven't had? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But I feel like everyone on TikTok is. Good Lord. People are like, I've never even heard of Kelsey Ballerini. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Here we go. But I heard of her husband. Her ex-husband before. You had or had not? I had not. Oh, no. okay. Yeah. Um, and I feel like most people hadn't either. Like, I knew who Kelsey Ballerini was, but I had no idea who her husband was or anything. I didn't even know he was Australian. I didn't know he was Australian. Didn't know he was a musician. Um, so, yeah, I learned. I feel like I learned a I lot like, about you're, her. You're more in the country music scene than I am, and I work in the music oh, industry. Oh, no, no. I, lo- I think Kelsey Ballerini is, one, is a very, very, like, um, talented country music artist, but I really thought it was cool how she kind of, like, I don't really feel like this is country. Like, this is... Mm-hmm. This is like a pop sad girl album, and we all know how much I love a good sad a girl era. Sad girl album. Um, that's basically like what I love to write. So um, yeah, I I thought it was really good. I thought um, it like told the story nicely, um, and I thought it was comical how she answered his question in his song "Over You" yeah. in her song, and I was just like. That mm-hmm. is amazing. Even you were texting me about like her play on words. Mm-hmm. I was like listening to it with that like comment that you the had just made. One. Yes, I was listening. Yeah. So you had you had texted me that before I had listened to the album, and so I was mm-hmm. like going into it listening for it, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> like yeah. this is great. The, the, for those that don't know, the lyric is: um, first it was love, then it was just married, and it's the being the play on words of being like, like you're like you're just married like there's no love in it like you just have the title or anything and there's like little details like within the different music videos it's that it's makes up a 20 minute long film and one of them being like in the just married chapter um like the plates piling up in our hands and Mm -hmm. him just adding and not helping out to carry the weight of it and then another one she like reaches up for his you just see her hand in the shot like she reaches up for his hand and it's her left hand, and instead of coming and, like, helping her up, he just fixes the ring so it faces the camera. Um, I haven't watched all she, of them yet. I've only watched yeah. the first one, so I'm, like, I, like, want to watch all 20 minutes, like, straight. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, 
this may be just like me being like the weird music girl, but interlude is like my favorite. Oh, that was a good I, one. Yeah, I mean, I just listened. I just watched the "Call Her Daddy" interview, and she talks about it. And everything. oh, and I need to listen to each, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she talks about each song. But yeah, I know I agree. I think "Interlude" was a really cool one. I'm sure because you liked the ending of it. That's why. Well, I love. I just I love little songs like that. Like I think that they're 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 so short, but that yet they have so much in them, and they catch the attention. And I loved that it was just like totally different than anything I feel like she's ever done and then the ending was just like a big gasp and i loved it um, yeah i think i've seen people like all over twitter being like okay where's the 10 minute kelsey's where's version the ten, <laughs> where's the 10 minute interlude like i'm here for it no she totally could have made that into like a three minute song but i appreciated the like very short like to the point like mm-hmm. um and i also feel like she did it very she told the story very respectfully like there was really no like Mm-hmm. bashing there was really no, it, it kind of just like told it from her perspective um mm-hmm. and the line that she said like I feel like you loved me more at 23 like really really stuck with me because I feel like that's how I felt in my previous relationship it was that like my ex had loved me more when he met me at mm-hmm. 19 or like when mm-hmm. we first started dating and that we didn't grow together we ended up growing apart and I loved him more at, you know, 24 than he loved me. So that like, I feel like that resonates with a lot of people that go through like really long relationships that end in a breakup or marriages that end in divorces. Like at some point it like flips, like one person Mm -hmm. loved the other person more. I don't know. I just thought that that was like, that just really resonated with me. Um, but the tea that she's now dating Chase Stokes is piping hot and like low key. So did she say that on call her daddy? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I <laughs> she, co- talks I, about, I, she talks I about. She talks about how she slid. It, so. in, she slid into his DMs. Um, Good and for her. She, she slid into his DMs because his his Instagram handle is um, Hi Chase Stokes, and she her DM was Hi Chase Stokes. <laughs> I love <laughs> Just it. Just short and sweet and simple. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that they're cute together. Am I a little disappointed? It's not Fletcher. Um, yes. But uh, I think everybody who's a Fletcher fan is also disappointed that it wasn't Fletcher. I'm sure Fletcher is disappointed that it wasn't Fletcher. Not. <laughs> like Fletcher's like, come on, Miley and Kelsey. Like, how could you come pass on. me up? I'm literally yeah. here. I'm standing yeah. here. <laughs> Adding Taylor to the mix for after her Grammys party and everything. Mm-hmm, I'm like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. there's something going on behind the scenes. We all know it. I Maybe I'm just in denial, but you know, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, I, I like Chase Stokes. I, I and there's some people who, uh, like think he's like a pretty boy or whatever, but I, I genuinely, I love him and his show Outer Banks. Um, even though I have certain qualms with Outer Banks, but those are just because I'm from North Carolina and (laughs) geographically the show gets a lot of things wrong and I've lived on the coast of North Carolina. So that's why I get upset about it. Right. Right. Um, I think he's beautiful. So. You know, yeah, I think, that's I think they'll be cute. And I thought it was nice whenever she dropped the EP, he was, like, promoting it and, like, shouting it out and everything. And it's a whole EP about her ex-husband. Um, but, I mean, yeah, in the Call Her Dad interview, she talks about how, like, you know, she, she had a prenup. And um, I believe that's what she said. She, I believe she said she had a prenup. And, um, oh, I mean, yeah, the biggest thing that she mentions, like, in the Call Her Daddy interview was that uh, she didn't want to get married. I remember her saying that I was watching something that she was on um, and she wasn't ready for, she wanted to freeze her eggs. She like, wasn't ready for kids. And he like was so like ready to start a family and everything. But mm-hmm. like, she just kept going back to like, I never wanted to be married. And that happened because, you know, she had that thought because of her parents and watching them. Cause they are no longer together. They can't even be in the same room together. Um, but yeah, it just, yeah. She said whenever she brought it up and everything, she felt very alone and um, like she wasn't there in the marriage or in the, his life, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it's just really, it's, it was, it was, it's, you can tell us it was sad for her to, like, to talk about and everything, but like in the interview, she doesn't ever really like um, bash him or yeah. say anything um overly mean like she gave her ex-husband their house so she could leave the marriage 
Like, wow. And the fact you've that se- the house. You've probably seen yeah. the penthouse because the penthouse is in the gulch in Nashville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've mm-hmm. probably seen it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't really, mm, I don't have any good words for him. But also I do, like I said earlier, like I really feel like she handled it very respectfully, but I also feel like it was cool that she was able to have the platform to talk about it because kind of like we talked about in our episode, like it's really not discussed much. And so Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like that just really brings to light. Like I feel like, you know, like we all know Miley and Liam and all of that, but Mm -hmm. even she didn't talk to it to the extent that I feel like Kelsey is. And Miley May and her new album, we have no idea, you know, what we're getting with that. But I just thought it was really nice and probably very healing for her. And yeah, I mean, and she takes blame for things Mm -hmm. she accepts her share of her blame for things not working out um my favorite quote that she just said was who you marry is not who you divorce um yeah you never go into a marriage with the thought that like oh i'm gonna divorce like this is the person i'm gonna divorce yeah Um, well and just that you know when you marry i think it's some in the way that when you marry somebody like if you divorce them like that's a different that's maybe be a side of them that you probably have may have never seen before yeah. because she said um as he's putting out a song about being blindsided he's taken half the house that he didn't pay for yeah that that made me like boil a little yeah because <laughs> i was like so, Ugh. and like you know I like mean, he moved in with her mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah and like they got married after only knowing each other after only dating for nine months mm-hmm. so yeah yeah which i mean teach their own but yeah so that was really interesting and just very timely very zeitgeisty yeah I I really I really appreciated that I had no idea it was dropping and then it like all of a sudden was all over everywhere and Mm. I was like wait what and then I was like I really need to listen to this but so yeah we're in our divorced era not you but, it's okay. Um, I'll just I'm just living vicariously through all y'all like we all know I'm vibing to the songs like somebody, <laughs> like somebody broke my heart. Like it's fine. <laughs> Your husband's like, what the fuck is going on? I'm mm-hmm. so lost. Yeah, that's okay. It, it is what it is. <laughs> but what has been your captivation lately? Um, so this is not sponsored, but I was actually sent a package from Good Molecules. Um, it's a skincare brand that is sold at Ulta. Um, and I'm sure they're sold on their website as well. But um, it is the specifically the discoloration correcting serum um it is a um product that targets hyperpigmentation and uneven skin tone um and it's supposed to like improve dark spots and acne scars and any kind of sun damage i freaking love it i have been using it um for probably about like a week now, and I have a couple acne scars from like where I break out with my period around my chin and like one that's like underneath my chin. And I feel like it's starting to like decrease that coloring. Um, but I really like the products cause they're vegan, they're clean ingredients, um, they're cruelty free. They're, they have sustainable packaging. Um, but I have a couple of their products, but so far that one's been my favorite. Um, and I've been really excited to try them. So, um, that is definitely my captivation this week. So we'll leave a, yeah. a link for the gals to find it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. What about you? Mine has been, so I have ne- I've never wanted an Apple Watch. I fucking hate Apple Watches. I will never own an Apple Watch. I do not want to have my notifications on my wrist. I don't have my notifications on my phone at all. So the last thing I want them is on my wrist. But I have wanted, like, I've always, like, wanted, like, the health metrics that Mm -hmm. an Apple Watch, like, provides. And then I remembered that Fitbits still exist. Fitbits are a thing. (laughs) Um, And even though now you can get your notifications on them, I'm like, no, turn that shit off. I don't want that. This is every reason why I did not get an Apple Watch. Thank you. I mean, I had a Um, Fitbit. I had a Fitbit before the Apple Watch was a thing when they had the Fitbit watch. And mine was purple. (laughs) <laughs> and it was purple with this ugly gray square and it was ugly well mine looks nice mine's the fitbit Lux, 
Um, and it has like a nice like uh, skinny uh, face on it and it has like a really comfortable band, but I'm still like getting the hang of it, but it's been really nice to um, use whenever I'm working out. And like one reason I was getting it is because I bought um, a stationary bike for my apartment and I have wanted to keep using it like almost every day. And then on top of doing pure bar workouts, I wanted to like be able to track um, in my heart rate more um and just get better insight onto that so I know like what zones I'm in and having a healthy heart rate um while I'm working out so yeah I've been really enjoying the Fitbit Lux watch nice so, yeah that's pretty cool yeah look at you well, look at us on our stationary bike health fitness journeys with our <laughs> Fitbits and our Apple watches <laughs> I'll I'll be the Apple Watch uh, fan club. You can be the you Fitbit be, fan club. Yeah, also you will be over there on an island by yourself with the Apple Watch. Because I I'm not love joining. my Apple Watch. I Ugh. cannot not have it on. It's no. amazing. No, I love being able was, to check and see if anything's important and immediately not caring about it and just clicking it off and going on about my day. Sounds like my biggest like annoyance. My notifications <laughs> don't always come on my wrist though. I I have it like a certain way. But anywho, another. I'm glad uh, that you got a some Fitbit. People, I know there's some people who have it to where, like, they'll FaceTime, like, on their oh, watch. No. And I'm like, See, no. Separation. I, like, I don't answer phone calls. I rarely answer text unless it is, like, an emergency text that I need to, like, voice. And if you ever get, like, a very short text from me uh, and it's, like, seems weird or is spelled weird, it's because I try to do it on my watch and I'm just like, what the heck? This is stupid because the keyboard's <laughs> not big enough. It's just, like, I, yeah, literally, this is- I literally use it for time. To make sure no one's dying and to track my exercise. And that's I it. Love that and there's no so many, dying. there's so many features. And that's all I use it for. I love that no one dying is that's one of the like options for the you. That's like the top option. Like, cause you know when you're like at work and people are like text, 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 text. And I'm like, are you guys dead? Like, is someone in the hospital? Cool. You're talking about dogs. Okay, I can talk to you guys later. So. Yeah, I just look at my phone. Typically, I'm not with my phone at work. Like, okay. my phone is, like, either, like, in my bag or, like, away or I leave it somewhere. Got and it. I have to use my Apple Watch to find my phone. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a whole okay. process. All right. Anyways. Okay. Good On luck with your Fitbit. I'm excited for you. <laughs> On that note, we have a very exciting episode today. She has been a guest that we've been trying to get on for quite a while, and we're so happy because she has been like a really like, good friend of the podcast. Her name is Alana Dunn. She is the host of the Seeing Other People podcast. She has a dating podcast as well, and so we've been really interested to sit down and talk with her and share her story and connect you guys. So we're so happy for her to be on today's episode. But before we get into that, if you want to see what other guests we've had on our podcast, you can always browse our catalog on Apple, Spotify, wherever you stream podcasts. You can also give us a rating and review since you are choosing to listen to this beautiful podcast. And if you want more information or if you want more insights from the episode, you can always check out our Instagram at the Gals Guide Pod, our personals at Elise and at Hannah Adams Miller. But before we bring her on, we're going to do a couple ad reads and then we'll jump into the episode. Alrighty, gal. So zooming into the home studio today, we have a very special guest. She's like the queen of the dating podcast realm. She has been such a delight and we've been so excited to get her on. She's the host of the Seeing Other People podcast. Everyone, please welcome Alana Dunn. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. We're so excited to have you. This has been such a like podcast episode in waiting. We have been like following you on like Instagram and your podcast as a whole for a while now. And you had like a really interesting start to your podcast that we really want like all of our guests like and like listeners to like, hear. But before we get into that, we ask every guest at the top of the episode like something that they're currently captivated by. And we would love to know. Do you have a current captivation? Whether it's like a product, show, whatever it may be. I do, and I'm very shocked at what it is. Um, but it is, in fact, Rumble. Wait, what, what is, is that? Rumble, Rumble um, like boxing, 
weight classes. Oh. Yeah. Are you a normal I, like fitness class guru kind of girl? I go in such phases of working out where like during COVID I was doing like six workout classes a week because it was all I could. It was like my social activity, obviously on Zoom, but like it was my only outlet and like I got in the best shape of my life. And then, you know, COVID ended and real life came back and I was just like, I, I'm allergic to working out now. Um, but I feel so much better about myself, like physically and mentally. I just feel better when I do work out. But it's so hard for me to get in the groove and to like find something that I really enjoy, like the actual workout. And like, I don't feel like anxious about going. And I recently started Rumble. Actually, in the beginning of the year, they did this thing called Blueprint, where it's like a challenge for the month to get to a certain number of classes. And I did the lowest amount, which was 12, but I ended up doing all 12. Like, I did not expect that I would. I thought I was going to maybe do two and then give up. And I just have so much fun with it. It's like dark in there, like loudest music ever blasting. So nobody's like looking at you. Everyone's just focusing on what they're doing. And I'm really into it. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I can relate to the COVID like obsession with working out. Like my sister and I were both like at our parents' house, like working from home. And it was our like fun thing to get outside. And then after COVID exactly. ended, I was like, oh, what is working out? Like I didn't do <laughs> I didn't do that yeah, before now COVID. Just, like, why am I doing this anymore. now? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't exactly. exist. Like, we're back to the real world where working out is not a thing. So, yeah, we've been talking, Emily and I have just been talking about, like, finding workouts that we we love um, and how that just, like, really does help you, mo- like, get you motivated to, like, continue going. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I yeah. Used to I'm a big hyper fixator on workouts. <laughs> so. You are. You definitely are. You've been asking. So, I do Pure Bar, and I've been mm-hmm. doing okay. Pure Bar for about – since tw- it's, since a really toxic breakup in 2019, I started doing Pure Bar because it was just a great way for me to kind of like not have to hear my thoughts for like an hour. And I could just have like loud music and instructor yelling in my ear and like just zone out and just forget everything for a while. And then I just liked it so much that like I kept with it. But before that, like I really struggled, I think, to figure out like what do I like doing for like workouts? Like I, I hate going to an actual gym because I don't know how to work half of that equipment and I'm too shy to ask anybody there like <laughs> how do you do this and I was like nervous to do like any other like kind of classes because I was like there's no way I can keep up like I looked at people doing Soul Cycle on TikTok and Instagram and I'm like they're going so fast I'm not gonna I'm gonna fall off the bike if I try to keep up so yeah that's great that you're so able to find something yeah it, that, and, that's the thing about it though is it's so hard to find what works for you because everybody is so different so like I went to a class I'm not gonna like name drop the class I didn't like but I went to a class this week and it was my first time trying it and I have friends who absolutely love it and I hated every second of it and so that's the hard part and <laughs> yeah. sometimes like you might love one instructor but not the other like one mm-hmm. has the best playlist ever and the other doesn't play music and it is so hard but to your point about like the hour you know after that breakup where it was like is an hour for you to like be not thinking and just focusing on something else mm-hmm. to me the best part of a workout class is that it's an hour where I do not have my phone on me uh, true yes true mm-hmm. and I I swear I do it as much for that if not more than for the and actual that's workout exactly why I didn't I never bought an Apple watch because even like if I'm using it for like the fitness aspect of it I'm like I don't want to get the notifications like I got a Fitbit for that reason so I don't have to get any like text or anything I'm like I purely just want it for the health aspect of it I was gonna say part of me wishes and you know one of my best friends did this throughout all of college but part of me wishes I still had like an iPod nano or like the iPod shuffle where there's no messaging there's no texting but I could bring my music with me mm-hmm. that's yeah valid valid point yeah. I I I had not gotten rid of all the ones I, had. I know like they're like the fossils I still have like I have a collection of like every phone every camera every iPod I've really? ever had but there's no more there's no more iTunes store so you actually can't use it like you can't oh my use gosh, your iPod I never touch. even thought about that like it's Apple I didn't yeah. even it's like Spotify <laughs> yeah you can't you literally cannot use these the devices. world is set up for like you must be on your phone all of the time no but it, like if you go in the morning I am and you blown hour, my mind is blown you're like I can't even move forward <laughs> the like hour of not having your phone in the morning or at night like just sets up your like nighttime routine or like your whole day and like such a nice just nice place because I feel like that's the first thing I do when I wake up is like 
roll over and check my phone and it just sets me up for stress so yeah I'm a 6 a.m workout class girly because um I hate myself (laughs) yeah did you see my eyes go so you were like what Uh, um yeah because I you will not I you will not find me having any motivation to like get in my car and drive to a workout class like after like work it's just I I don't want to do that but because I, I, it kind of wakes me up and gets me like ready for the day but when I do that since I'm going so early I keep my phone like on the do, like the sleep do not disturb uh, until after I get out of that class so like I don't even like have the temptation to like look at texts or like look at any of my notifications because I'm still like barely awake <laughs> but yeah like it's been really great for kind of like resetting like my whole morning and not being like overwhelmed like the second I wake up with notifications Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really trying to work on that and trying to like, it's okay if I check my texts. Here's here's what I've learned. I can check my texts. I can message people back. I cannot open Instagram or TikTok. That's when mm-hmm. it's all over. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because then it's just that. doom scrolling like for like yeah. a whole hour in the morning. I'm like, I just wasted an hour on my morning. Just <laughs> Yeah, now I feel shitty. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. It just like in- invites like all the like negative thoughts. And I'm just like, nope, nope, this is not what we're doing. We're not starting the day off like this. Not on Monday. No. Okay. <laughs> not on a Monday. Well, love this. I'd love that you have found like your perfect like workout routine. And like, I hope you stick with it. And I hope that you're able to like, you know, reach like a new level of like, just like, you know, stress-free environment and all the great things that come with a great workout routine. But we are here to talk about dating. I mean, like that is why... We love you. And I literally, you've had so many people on your podcast that I think are really great guests to kind of like kind of encapsulate a lot of things in the dating realm. But you had a really interesting start like with your podcast, Seeing Other People. Can you tell our listeners like a little bit about like how the podcast came to be? Yeah. So it all goes back to uh, August 16th, 1994 when I was born. No, um, <laughs> I... After college, I wanted to work in the music business. That was like what I set out to do. I, you know, worked my ass off to get all these internships and get my foot in the door at the places I wanted um, to work at. And I really wanted to get into music because I wanted to help people because music had helped me so much and was such a big part of my life and my childhood and my like transformative teenage years. And I got a job at a major record label out of college. And I realized very quickly, you know, I was 21 and I had these like, big eyes and big dreams and I saw my 30 year old coworker sitting next to me a still living paycheck to paycheck and b feeling zero percent fulfilled like feeling so drained not feeling like they were any closer to achieving their goals and I'm I just sat there being like wow like I'm so afraid to end up like that like I don't think I will but it seems like it's very difficult in this industry to actually like make up the positive impact that you want and so yeah. I was feeling really down about my job um I ended up managing a band on the side to kind of get more like hands-on and kind of like work and and really dig my toes into like the aspects of the music industry that were important to me and I ended up dating one of the two guys in the band and it was um he wanted to keep it a secret from the other guy in the band so fast forward um love that surprise surprise, (laughs) that crashed and burned and um basically I, I ended up with like experiencing anxiety and depression for the first time in my life I felt like I was at rock bottom and um I realized I needed to get as far away from the music business as possible. And um, I found this job at Hinge at the time when I was looking and the title was video and content producer. And it was all the same skills I was applying to music, but just applied to dating. And I was like, wow, if I could get this job and, you know, use my skills to maybe help people not feel the way I feel right now. um, It's not what I set out to do, but, you know, maybe my purpose is something different than what I thought. And this could be that, that thing that, I really feel fulfilled by. So I ended up getting the job and that really like transformed my, my life and changed my, my whole career path and trajectory. And I ended up, um, starting a podcast for hinge about a year and a half into being there called dating sucks. And that was the biggest like light bulb moment of, Oh my God, this is what I love to do. This is what I need to be doing. And it allowed me to like really open up and, And not just give dating advice, but really talk about dating struggles and shed a light on all of these issues that people were dealing with and these feelings that people were experiencing of, you know, feeling alone and not feeling good enough and wondering, you know, how, why other people can end up in a relationship, but not them. And, um, 
it's all these things that I was feeling, but nobody was talking about it. And so I realized the more I talked about it, that's really what ended up helping people because they were also feeling that way. And me opening up about it made them feel seen and heard and understood. And so I ended up, um, fast forward, lost my job at Hinge, could go into that whole that's a whole other story, but ended up starting seeing other people and it's been two years and I, I couldn't be happier. Great. Wow. Yeah, I love and that. I, that's awesome. I can relate a lot because my current day job is in the music industry. So I feel Woof. you on a lot. <laughs> we can talk. Just... We'll talk after. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk afterwards <laughs> with that one. But, um, and then dating musicians. I also can relate to you on that one. Um, very, very Double heavily. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hannah's seen it all. Hannah's also a musician. I was going to say, I am a musician, so, uh, (laughs) oops. I like you. I don't like your people. Thank you. (laughs) I don't like my people either. That's why I refuse to sign with anyone ever, and I do my own things, and I just want to be in control and do what I love. So I do not associate with the industry. Them. (laughs) Them. Them. Very, very, very independent. (laughs) Very independent. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) But you've also, I feel like, been very open about like a lot of like dating anxiety that you've kind of like experienced before, like with previous relationships. And I've listened to a couple of your episodes and there was a lot of like resonance that I could relate to, like with some of the experiences you kind of went through. And I would love to like just talk to you a little bit about how did you notice that you had like dating anxiety? How did that like come to fruition for you? Was it like a wake up call that you had or was it something that someone else pointed out or was it like an ex that kind of triggered it in a way for you? It was music boy. Um, of course, before, of course. <laughs> before him, I mean, I never had like an ounce of anxiety and which is, is crazy to think about, but in any aspect of my life, like sure, I would get like stressed and nervous and like overthink things, but like true anxiety that would like keep me up at night that would, you know, keep me from going places, make me like question my sanity and like why things were happening. It, it was completely different. And I, you know, like I said, this was kind of like a secret relationship in a sense. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I literally had to like hide in his closet because the other guy would like come over unannounced and I'm not supposed to be there. And there were times where I would, you know, after, after we broke up or after he like ended things, um, we were still working together. And so we would have to, but, but we were still working together, but it was still a secret that we were ever together. So we would be like like, nothing changed. Nothing changed. But the three of us would be like in meetings at record labels or going, traveling six hours in a car for a show and then staying in a hotel room together. And I would have to be pretending like nothing ever happened. Like I, my heart didn't just get broken. Like I was okay. So I would like leave these like meetings or dinners to go to the bathroom to cry. Oh, that's so terrible. And then I have to come back and act like I didn't come back and and like fix your makeup and like I wasn't crying. And I I found out after, after all that, I found out that the entire time we were together, he was seeing other people because he wanted to like keep up the facade that we weren't together. So of course, I basically like I started to question like, what, why do I deserve this? Like, this is clearly how I deserve to be treated. Like, what did I do? What's wrong with me? Like, why am I not deserving of love? And I've obviously like, I, it was really hard for me to trust anyone ever again. You know, anytime I would date somebody after that and it was a Friday night and they weren't texting me back immediately, I would assume like, oh, well, it's because they're with another girl or, you know, I had questions. There were definitely times where I was suspicious of, is he seeing other people? And I would, uh, he like shot me down and made me feel crazy for assuming that. But I would see another, I would see a hair on his pillow and I would literally ask myself like, is that my hair? Or is that mm-hmm. another girl's hair? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah. that really, it was just like, I, nobody should ever have to go through something like that and have to feel that way. And it completely, completely broke me. And I felt so embarrassed and ashamed and alone in it. Yeah. And I think that's like part of the reason I feel so passionate about what I'm doing now is because nobody should ever have to go through that or feel that way. But the reality is that people do every day. And I want people to know like you're not alone and there's nothing wrong with you. And you probably did not do anything to deserve being treated like this. There are just bad people out there. And unfortunately you stumbled upon one. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's why I love like the podcast industry and how we've all become so vulnerable, especially like dating and lifestyle podcasts who like come out and just talk about this because I don't like all you see online is like beautiful relationships and like marriages and engagements and babies and like no one's really showing the like shitty side of breakups and like how your heart is broken and I feel like it's starting to creep in but like the podcast world is where people are talking about this and making people feel validated and making people feel connected and like being able to like connect to other women and other people who have been through these things and I just think it's such a powerful thing and I'm just so happy that there's so many people out here doing it um because I don't think it's talked about enough and I think it's just like pushed to the side and you just kind of have to figure it out yourself and so it's really nice that like like your podcast and like our podcast like we're all kind of kind of coming together with these stories and these things that have happened and talking about it in an open way that just doesn't seem so like I don't know like taboo like we're just yeah we're just talking about it we're talking about the hard stuff and I think it's so important um but yeah yeah, yeah like literally our first episode was how to get through a breakup and it was me talking about how I was getting through a breakup with a doctor who we like call we call him the doctor on the podcast and he was like very just manipulative narcissistic mm-hmm. kind of person and it was me just telling the whole story basically and like this is how I'm getting through it and just creating like an open dialogue for people and we noticed that's what people really kind of enjoyed about what we had to say and they like tuned in for like oh like I'm just gonna be completely transparent and like I am not a vulnerable person that was like, at the start of this podcast I was not really big on vulnerability like I definitely had very high walls up and this podcast like allowed me to kind of slowly get more comfortable with it because I was being very candid about my like dating history and just like the even the current dates that was going on the current guys I was seeing and how those ended and how what went wrong and things like that just to have that like sense of transparency you know it was just really refreshing I think and was hoping and I was just purely hoping I'm sure you probably felt the same way that that maybe my story can help somebody else in a way exactly and and that's what's so beautiful about it is on one hand it's like the three of us are sitting here having a conversation I don't feel like we're talking to like however many people who are going to listen to this but that's why we're able to get so deep and so vulnerable and be so real and and it is such an incredible thing about podcasting and I'm so glad that you know we found it and that so many other people out there are opening up on on a microphone or just to their computers because it really I think is helping so many people and you know even if somebody who listened to your breakup episode or who listened to my story, like even if they haven't been through something similar, at least they're now, there's been an awareness brought to them of like, okay, if somebody wants to keep you a secret, it's probably not a good thing and you're probably going to get really hurt. So if I, so then if they encounter that, they will know like, oh, don't want to end up like Alana did. (laughs) Remember when Alana said. I can say bye. (laughs) Yeah. Alana said say goodbye. So I'm saying goodbye. Like Like, there's a 10 out of 10. There's a 10 out of 10 chance that this is not going to end the way the romance novels have it written. No. Yeah. Nope. It will not. And that was something I don't, for me, that was what I was clinging to when I was in those predicaments because I was never, was I in a secret relationship, Hannah? I don't think I was. It was never like, we're going to say this is a secret, but we're also. say it would like have teetered to the side of secrecy, not because people didn't know, but because it wasn't very public, but it was also in the midst of COVID. So there wasn't like a lot. Do, oh, that's like, the one you're referring as... to. Oh, which one were you? With? Oh, there are multiple. <laughs> do tell. Are you talking about another one? The, the doctor the, or the actor? Oh, 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 the doctor. Yeah, I fuck him. I don't like him. <laughs> so I have nothing to say about him. <laughs> the actor one's another one for another time. Um, but the doctor one, I mean, I had met his friends, but when it came to, like, anything outside this very very tiny circle we had created like it i I didn't exist and i was not um talked about i wasn't even acknowledged or anything and with the other one the one that happened during covid yeah that one we i mean it was a complicated time because it was also like we literally had our first date the day the lockdown happened 
And I, I went over to his house. And, like, the, me and this person, we are very much totally fine now. Like, we are in a very happy friendship. Like, there is nothing wrong. I do not hate this person because we had a very mutual ending. Uh, but um, the, at the beginning, it was very complicated, the very beginning that we started because in a way it kind of like was a secret but we were in a similar way we were working together he was an actor I was a director we were working on a film together so dot 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 you don't want people to think oh he only got this role because you guys are dating it's like no that kind of like it just happened to happen that way and so it was kind of like a mutual thing but the like, same time I very much wanted to be very open and out and let people know that this is a thing but I understood at the same time where he was coming from so it was very complicated and then afterwards after like we parted ways we came back together and had like a almost like a a year later closure kind of conversation of like, let's like take inventory of what happened because we've never talked about what happened. And I feel like we need to talk about what happened. And I think that is what helped our relationship and us be able to be friends because we didn't, it was just a weird time and we didn't know how to handle that kind of, when there's like so many like overlapping like circles and, you know, just layers to it. We were like, we don't know what to do. Like, we don't know how to go about this. And so it's just like coming from a place of um, being naive, I guess, in a way. Um, but never had to hide in a closet. And I'm so sorry that you had to do that. That is awful. Um. <laughs> my, my closet days are behind me. <laughs> but, I hope. <laughs> but, but, well, but here's, here's the thing about it is, like, even anytime I talk about it, it just makes me question myself. It's like, why did I think that's okay? Like, how did I allow yeah. that to happen? And then, like, I completely, like, yes, I'm, I, I don't want to, like, call myself a victim in this situation because I became a person that I don't recognize. And, like, I said things and did things that I cannot believe that was me. And it's, like, so horrifying and, like, mortifying to think about. But in on in one way like it wasn't me and it's so crazy how like a person or a situation can make you change your values and your morals and and accept something so different and it's just it's so crazy and in that situation that you mentioned it's not even about being naive it's like there are confusing situations to navigate and there's no answer there's no guidebook to how to navigate that and it sounds like you both wanted to make it work together and like you kind of tried to navigate it together but it was like the situation wasn't easy also another thing I have to call out because it's just been on my mind since you said it hearing you talk about like the doctor it just makes me like wonder like I never go to the doctor like to any doctor and think like wow who have you fucked over (laughs) (laughs) he's an emergency room doctor you're supposed to be this like smart intelligent professional but you're like you ghosted (laughs) no offense to any doctor listeners out there but um he yeah he was an ER doctor so definitely like god complex to the maximum mm-hmm. <laughs> like so it's just such a I, funny thing to think about trust me after dating a doctor and then You're like going not, to the doctor i don't want to go i'm good i'm good I, I like went to a doctor that was in the same like like hospital network as he was in oh, no. and i was like so i had to inform you <laughs> about like he's like that person will never be in our like regular physical checkups. And I was like, well, I just have to let you know in case, you know, something happens. Uh, So yeah, always, even the doctors, man, even the doctors, dentists, I'm sure too. We never know. You never know. I don't, I can't see that's where the anxiety comes in because it's like, it doesn't matter. Like if it's a musician or if it's a doctor, like I'm terrified for, for a while I was like just terrified of all men in general of like going on a date with them. Like, I don't know what to expect. Like you never would have thought like a doctor would fuck you over. And then all of a sudden you go on a date with one who does and we're like, well, can any be trusted? And I, yeah, like I took almost like a year long break I want to say over a little bit over a year before I kind of like dated anybody else new just to kind of like reset my whole system in a way and you know I went through therapy I learned things that about myself and you know healed those parts of myself on my own and then I started dating again I went on a date and this was like 
April last year. Went on a date with somebody. I was like, oh, crap. There's stuff now that I have to, like, heal about myself. But I can only heal it if I'm in – if I'm dating somebody. Like, I, there's these are things I couldn't heal on my own, like communication and just, like, setting boundaries and saying what I want at the beginning stages of a relationship, which was I was – I thought I would be able to do. And then it came and presented itself to me. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. Um, that's terrifying. And so – I, I don't think a lot of people think about that, like when they're trying to like heal that part of themselves and like before they get back to the dating world, like, oh, great, cool. I'm healed. Wait, hold on. Now I got to actually like do more work. I didn't think I thought I was done. Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a rude wake up call in some way, but it's a wake up call that I think you need when you're in that position. Yeah, I think it's really important to acknowledge that healing isn't linear and there are all different stages to it. And you know, until you're actually getting back out there and trying to communicate, trying to, you know, go on dates, you might not realize that there might be some things that are going to trigger you or that you haven't encountered since this last person who, you know, did X, Y, Z thing to you. And until you actually face that, you don't know how you're going to react. And you not, you might not even know that it's something that is going to upset you or is going to be another thing you have to work through. And that's the trickiest part. But I think I think the biggest takeaway is like the awareness that you needed to heal in the first place. And then the awareness and acceptance that it's okay to still heal and to continue to be on that journey. And you never know, like you might like, there have been times where I thought I was completely past something. Like even with my boyfriend, Jake, we've been together for two years now, but even as great as things were in the beginning, I found myself like six months in still waiting for the other shoe to drop because Mm. I was not used to things being so good. And that was something that I had to work through being like, no, like everything is good. And like, he's not going anywhere. And that was really hard for me to believe. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, and Hannah, I feel like you definitely can relate to that because you married your ex. <laughs> I did. I did. I did Wait, marry my ex. Holy shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love mentioning that to new guests. Oh, like, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. He was my first boyfriend. Um, and then we were kind of like, off and on like throughout the years and we totally like dated other people like I dated another guy for like five years and then like we I we broke I broke up with that guy around when we started the podcast too so it was kind of like going through all that as well um but yeah so yeah I I married my ex uh (laughs) we had like 10 or so years in between that we really like we're totally we're totally different people now than we were we were I was like 15 when we dated so I don't even know if that really counts but yeah so um but I think I struggled with kind of like what you were talking about earlier Alana like I just wanted to be wanted and so I was just willing to kind of like drop anything that I believed in or stood up for just to feel that sense of like being wanted and being sought out after um I like flirted with all the guys and I would like lead them on. And after my husband and I broke up the very first time, like I never let anybody ever break up with me ever. Like I had to be in control. Um, And so I just think like in each relationship to where I am now, like it took a lot for me to like be like, no, like if this person doesn't want me the way that I am, I will move on. Um, And so that was that was something I learned and it was not easy because I just and I think that's everyone's desire and I think that's why people make these decisions and why people hang on to people who just just want to hang out or just want to like you know do something on the side and like I'm not ready for this yet or you're not like that's code for you're not the one I'm just hanging out with you now until I find someone else better and I think we all hang on to that because we just want to be wanted and we just want that feeling of like we have someone like we're wanted we're with somebody and somebody cares about us and (laughs) exactly and there's a value the to us. Yeah. yeah. The shittiest part about that situation, though, is and, and trust me, I'm the guiltiest person of all mm-hmm. with doing that. If you're hanging on to somebody who doesn't actually want to be with you or like isn't serious about you, you're not allowing yourself the space or the opportunity to meet the person who does actually want to be with you because you're just grasping at straws and holding on and trying to make it last as long as possible with this other person. And who knows what opportunities, what people you're passing up and passing by and just not giving the chance to because of that. 100. I mean, I literally stayed in my relationship for five years, hanging on to the fact that like 
we're gonna make it work and this is it and like he's done all these things for me and we're like we're kind we're great right but everyone around me is like absolutely not like bye say say goodbye like he's done <laughs> yeah and then like literally me. broke up with him <laughs> and got a random text from my husband like it, it was wow. just like the weirdest thing that could have happened but the best thing like I was grieving this like huge loss and I knew it was right for me but it still felt wrong and weird but I like literally found my person again so it's just like it just like you were saying like you just gotta when it doesn't feel right you just gotta let it go like it's gonna suck in the moment but it's so worth it in the long run there's something that I want to get your opinion on that I've heard let's be real I heard it on TikTok and so <laughs> I'm nervous now we oh know boy, how I, I feel about like I'm nervous I'm, I'm, I'm getting tense already <laughs> it is like the whole how do you think you can tell the difference between just really like nervous excited butterflies before like a first date or something that could actually be wrong because there's a lot of people who are like oh well if you're like feeling nervous then like it's a sign that uh this is not the one or anything and i i hear what people are saying and everything the same time though i have anxiety and everyday life experiences (laughs) I'm going to feel like I'm going to throw up before anything I do, especially yeah. dates. So I would, lo- I would love to just like have a conversation about that and get your opinion like on that whole thing. I think the key is differentiating like where is my anxiety coming from? Is this my anxiety that is mine that I have every single time or do I feel more anxious? Do I feel different anxious where, you know, I'm – I'm, I'm, I can't sleep because of this. And usually I sleep a lot when I'm anxious or am I nervous and, and thinking like, oh, did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? When that's not usually how my anxiety manifests itself. I think it's important to consider that. But I think even more important, focus on how you actually feel when you're with the person. Because most of the anxiety and the nervousness and the stress and the overthinking actually happens before the date and after the date and in between the dates. Not when you're actually there on the date, engaged in conversation, sharing things about yourself and getting to know them. And so I think the most important thing, and this is something that I really try to do, and you know, I didn't figure this out until really late on, um, right before I met Jake, but I would, the second I would finish a date, I would actually like in the, in the Uber home or as soon as I got back to my apartment before I like text any of my friends about it, I would just like write a note to myself of how the date actually went before Mm -hmm. I let the anxiety kick in. So I wrote down like how I felt in that moment. The second I got home, like, was I excited? Was I like, eh, Mm -hmm. was I like, I will die if I don't see this person again. Like that was (laughs) actually never the case. That was only a thought that I had the next day when they weren't texting me. Um, but I would focus on, you know, how did I feel with this person and what did we talk about? What are some things we connected on? And do I think I'm going to see them again? And like, will I be okay if I don't? And that was really helpful for me when I did start to spiral and, you know, convince myself I'm never going to hear from them. I'm getting ghosted. They're never going to text me back. They hate me. They had a horrible, horrible time. I could look at that and say, no, actually the date went well. I'm just getting in my head and everything's fine. And I will not die if I don't see this person again. I was fine before them. Yes. (laughs) Because I think like, I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's like, normal to probably get like a little nervous before totally. going on a date like you should that is the same like, yes it's like there's good nerves yeah. in the world it's like it before you go out for like a sh- like to sing or perform or you get like those little like nervous ex- it's almost like a nervous excitement like if you're excited not, to go if you're yeah. not excited then if you I'm shouldn't not, be going exactly like i was thinking of that they're like you i've heard so many people and i agree you should feel comfortable especially like after like you've developed like a relationship and like you've been dating this person for a while like you should feel comfortable with them and like feel at ease and at peace i 100 percent stand by that but like i've gone on first dates where i it's like the, like hours before like the date and like i don't want to be that person that like flakes on them like an hour before because i am a nice person and sometimes um <laughs> i you know i was like i'm not like i'm not even it's not even that i'm not like, anxious for it i just don't care to go on this date like i really just like don't really feel like a connection with them that we've had over text and oftentimes it's a person that i met on a dating app and i'm just like ugh, i just really like i would rather be with a friend or at home watching netflix than 
entertaining this like date and I'm just counting down the minutes till I go home now I've had experiences where I felt nervous and it was just like oh like I'm just like that typical like nervousness before first date because it's a first date you are hanging out with like usually an hour with somebody brand new and you don't know them like you've only had a couple conversations with them and like it's not like I think they're gonna kill me or anything although that is sometimes (laughs) some a fear you know with dating apps but yeah it's just more like oh I'm nervous of like you know, if they're going to be like the same as like, you know, how they've been over the phone, like, are we going to have a good conversation? Am I going to actually like, like them? I'm not really ever worried anymore about like, oh, are they going to like me? I'm more concerned of like, oh, I really hope I like them. So I don't have to talk about a bad date on the podcast again. (laughs) So like, that's the energy I'm focusing on. But I think it's normal. And I don't want people thinking like, oh, well, I have nerves and like I feel like, you know, butterflies in my stomach. That's like a bad thing. I don't always think it's a bad thing in dating and especially first dates. I think in some ways it makes you, it lets you know like you are excited about this person and that you actually like are enjoying their time and want to be with them, especially early on. Yeah. And you should be excited. And it also makes sense to be nervous. I mean, even when I go on like, little networking coffee dates with girls I'm like a little anxious because I'm like what are we going to talk about the whole time like what if we literally have like nothing to say what if they meet me and they hate me and then they tell everybody (laughs) that like I suck like I think it's it's such a human experience to be nervous and anxious about sitting across the table from somebody for an hour and conversing but I also think I think one of the biggest problems and and one of the reasons why we get so worked up about it is because we put so much pressure on a first date yeah people yeah. walk into the first date thinking like it needs to go well or else like oh my god yeah. will this be my last first date ever or you know they've already spent weeks putting this person up on a pedestal and you have all these expectations about who they are and how they're going to be and that they're the one you've already you know tried their last name on with your first name for size to like see if it goes well <laughs> and you're already like picturing your wedding dress and That is way too much pressure to put on a first interaction with somebody. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to yourself. And no one is ever going to live up to that. And so I think the really the answer is to reframe how we approach first dates. And this is something I feel really strongly about that a first date, you you should go into a first date saying, I hope I learn something tonight. And maybe Mm. you learn... You know, you find a new outfit that you feel super comfortable in. You didn't have to try on 25 outfits and ruin your entire closet mm-hmm. and bedroom. And you found the one first date outfit that you feel great in that you can wear every time. Great. That's that's a win. That is your dating win right there. Yeah. Or you learn that about something about their job that you didn't know. Or you open up about something for the first time and it was a positive experience. There are so many things that you can learn on a first date. And dating is literally a learning experience. You're going to keep learning. There's something that you can learn from every single date you go on, every single person you interact with, every single relationship you have. And that all builds on each other until eventually, like you've learned so much that you can, you know, find your person. And I think if you go into a first date saying like, I hope I learned something tonight and I hope I have a good time, that that is a successful date. And if you guys end up liking each other and wanting to see each other again, that's the cherry on top. Yeah. yeah. We got to stop Absolutely. treating it like a job interview. Like, I feel like that's how a lot of people approach it. Like, they're like, okay, well, I want to see if you, like, get this job to be my, you know, significant other or whatever. So just kind of taking that pressure off. Being being intentional with, like, what you want out of this, like, whether it's a hookup or a hangout or a friend or whatever, but, like, stop treating it like you need to check off all my boxes to fit into this that very first time. That's That's a good way to look at it. I like the learning, like, seeing what you can learn. That's cool. Because then even if even if the date sucks, still find what you learned. Maybe you had a new drink that you had never tried before. You've been mm-hmm. dying to go to this speakeasy and you went and you liked it. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I was going to say. I live in L.A. So like you just dating in L.A., it's great because we'll go to like bars or restaurants. And I'm like, cool. Well, on the bright side, at least I found like a new restaurant that I really want to go back to with my friends. <laughs> so exactly. That's the silver lining to it. Were there any like self like soothing or just like self like things you did on your own before if you were ever feeling like really anxious before a date to kind of like soothe yourself and like you know calm your nerves yeah so two things one um actually cbd really helped me and i've oh, now okay. partnered with the cbd company that i started taking for my dating anxiety uh it's called mindset wellness um and they have 
basically like different like mood like moods or like mindsets for their CBD. So like there's literally one called happy and mm. there's one called calm. And what I started doing was I would take a happy gummy on my way to the date and it would like just help like kind of kick some of those extra nerves that I didn't need. Mm-hmm. So I could like go in and like just feel like my best self. And then on my way, the second I would get in the car or into the apartment, as I was writing that note, I would take a calm gummy, which would kind of signal to me like, okay, like Alana, stop. Like, no, don't start overthinking. Like you had a good time, like just enjoy it. Everything's good. Everything's going to be okay. So that was one thing that actually really helped me a lot. Um, so I, I like swear by, um, the CBD and I also just, so I released a product with them called the oh, dating cool. survival pack and it's half oh, cool. happy and half calm. So people can do exactly that. Oh, um, that's so cool. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then the, but the other thing that I always would do is I would just call a friend on my way to a date and mm. I would, I would be in my little, like, I'm so nervous. What if he hates me panic? And my friend would be like, Lana, shut up. Like you're, you're <laughs> psyching yourself out for literally no reason. And like it, it was just comforting to talk to a friend on my way and it just put me in a good mood and got me out of my head and you know sometimes we would talk about the date or sometimes we would just talk about work or whatever else just catch up on anything else just so it was like oh I'm on a walk with my friend on my way to the state you know so I actually cool. I used to when I was like dating dating like you know going on dates all the time uh and snapchat was a thing uh, I <laughs> made like a little Snapchat group on my app and I, mm-hmm. it was like Hannah and like a couple other girls and I would just like video myself like walking like to the day or like going meet, walking to the restaurant or like their house or whatever and like just letting out all my like thoughts and so that by the time I got there I was like okay as long as I said it out loud and I got it off my chest like we're good yeah you already word vomited so yeah. you're done yeah now you can just be normal <laughs> yeah and then I after I leave I would do the same thing and we, just, we get all the updates <laughs> of course it was great and then I got people's opinions and they're like yeah no don't go back to that don't date them again that sounded awful <laughs> like, but you guys were all living for it it was like your own little reality show like on the snapchat app it was fine it was great mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. was i great. like that yeah. like i i i still text hannah and i feel like i text some of my other friends like before i go on dates just to be like oh like, one telling you where i'm at two also just like just letting you know like what i think and you always are like waiting by the phone like after i get out of a date if it's not like too too late i know <laughs> or if it's like four hours i'm like checking your location like are you alive? oh yeah i, I track like... my friends i'm like <laughs> Like, where are they? Oh, my God. They must have gone to another place now. Like, oh, like, are they at this bar? Or at the, are they at the bakery? Like, I don't know. Or, like, Emily will text me, like, when the person goes to the bathroom. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, It's going well. Like, we're still here. Always. And then, like, yes. oh that's my God. it. And yes. I'm, like, oh, I'm, like, at the edge of my seat. Like, I need to know. Like, I don't like yep. this commercial break. It's way too long. <laughs> so, no, I, I think that's great because then, yeah, like, I think instead of just bottling kind of, like, all your thoughts, like, inside your head, like, you're just letting them all out so that by the time you get there, you can, like, be present in a way and just, like, focus, like, on the actual date. And I think that that's, like, a really great way to kind of just take a deep breath. And that's what I always try to do as well before I go on a date. I always, like, will sit in my car and just, like, breathe, like, do the five in, five out method and just kind of, like, chill myself out and just go in with you know the hopes that if anything goes bad at least I have a story at least I have like yep it makes the plot interesting at least (laughs) exactly so that's what I'm going with but yeah I I think this has been great I think that you know a lot of this like our listeners will be able to like kind of digest and you know really I hope I put forth in their own dating life because this time of year I feel like everybody's like trying to probably start dating again and like you know like oh maybe this year this is the year this is the year we get into relationship and I hope that people are able to you know not discount like all their feelings and think you know oh like I'm nervous and you know I don't this is a bad thing but it's it's healthy and you just have to reframe that anxiety into a better mindset yeah And, and I also want people to remember and this is something that was really important for me when I was single is just because you're single, like, first of all, your relationship status should be the least interesting thing about you because you yes. have so many other amazing, important, special, wonderful things going on in your life. And you should be proud of yourself for all of those things. And all of them are worth celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you're going on dates and it's not working out, like, that's okay. You know, you're going to 
go on a lot of dates with people and there are going to be a lot of people that you don't like and that you don't want to date. And just because you go on a date with somebody who doesn't want to go on another date with you or if you like someone and they're not interested in a relationship with you, that does not mean there's anything wrong with you. It literally just means that the two of you aren't a fit and you're trying to find your person. And yeah, you might have to go on a hundred first dates before you meet your person, but that's why it's special when you do mm-hmm. because they're that person that fits with you. And, you know, I know sometimes it's, it's hard and, and dating can be so exhausting and frustrating and, you know, we want that love and we want to find our person, but you're learning so much about yourself on the way. And that's important to remember. And you will find them. And if it's not when you want it to be, maybe it's because it's not when it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's that a great really good. survival tip for us. Cause we always wrap up every episode, like with like a really good, like survival tip of like whether it's dating or whatever the subject is. And I think that, that is the go-to one. I think we want to use like for this episode for sure. Love it. Well, thank you so much for, uh, sitting down and talking with us we have thoroughly enjoyed you and your podcast we want to give you the mic for a second let the people know where they can find you where they can follow you and check out more of your stuff well thank you guys so much for having me this was so much fun also like literally flew by i know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> don't know how it's been 50 minutes like confused but um thank you guys again and yeah you can follow you can listen to seeing other people wherever you listen to podcasts you can follow on instagram at seeing other people and on tiktok at ilana dunn perfect thank you Great. so well, much thank you so much and so that does it for today's episode of the gals guide make sure to follow us on instagram at the gals guide pod also like us on facebook at the gals guide and become a gal scout in our facebook community you can also hit us up on our website thegalsguidepod.com and our personal social media which we will have linked in our show notes also if you are listening to us on apple Podcasts, please rate and review and then if you're listening to us on spotify go ahead and subscribe to our podcast so thanks for listening gals and we hope you come back for our next journey Thank you.